East-West Draftcast may not be suitable for all listeners. Hello, everybody, and welcome to East-West Draftcast. I am Jeff, your co-host. Co-host means two hosts. Second host, Gregington Bear. Gregington Bear. And you know what's going to happen? Not as much talking over each other. Why is that, Greg? Because we're in the same room. Holy Jeff. shit. Oh. <laughs> Just so much for that. <laughs> Welcome to the West Coast, sir. Thank you. Welcome home. Thank you. I uh, I live here now. This is West West Draftcast. Welcome to it. Yep. Not changing the name, except maybe for every intro from here on in. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're back. It's been a little while. Uh, we got, we got Chelsea joining us, Greg's dog. Yep. If you hear her. She really wants to be on the podcast. She might bark a little bit later. Uh, but until then, we're coming to you with some M15 set review time. That's right. So we've been gone for a while. This set's about to come out. Um, some Grand Prix are coming up that care about this set, or maybe only one. I only care about Portland. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> But, uh, and in general, for those that are steadfast listeners, you all know how much we don't like Corset, but, um, we're gonna try to care this time. Because we have to. Yeah, because, uh, we wanna win a Grand Prix. So, without further ado, I think we're gonna just jump into this beast of a spoiler, cause. It's a big set. We're gonna do rares as well as commons and uncommons, uh, so. We've got a lot to get to. Hopefully we can get it all done in one sitting. Uh, that's the plan, at least. We'll see how things go, of course. But, um, you ready to go here? Let's do it. A Johnny Steadfast, Planeswalker, Mythic. He's a Planeswalker to Johnny. Yes. And I don't know if we want to read every card. We, we always kind of hedge on this. If you're listening to this, you should be following along, we would hope, with some sort of spoiler. Or have an idea of what most of these cards do. For the more complicated ones like this, we'll probably try to read them, or at least explain the relevant stuff. Uh, he costs three and a white. He has four loyalty to begin. He has a single plus ability. It's plus one. And that says until end of turn, up to one target creature gets plus one, plus one, and gains first strike, vigilance, and lifelink. So, I mean, this lets you protect himself by giving your blocker, or your attacker, vigilance, which also turns it into a blocker. That's assuming the creature lives combat. Um... You don't have to have a creature to activate the ability because it says up to one target creature, so that's relevant. Um, anything you want to say specifically about that ability? Uh, it's very Johnny-like. Yeah, I'm not too impressed by it, to be honest. It no. seems pretty okay, but it feels like it's only really going to be good if you're already kind of ahead on board. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been a big fan of a Johnny unless he was multicolored. Because all of the Ajani's require creatures in play to do anything. Yeah. Except for Ajani Vengeance, right. which is the sweetest one. Yeah. Um, his second ability is minus two, put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control, and a loyalty counter on each other planeswalker you control. So Silly. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> but I mean, it's an anthem effect. Now, I think oftentimes the best thing to do with this card is just to run them out there and put a counter on all your dudes. Yep. Very similar to the first Ajani. Half, yeah, half of the Ajani's, it seems. Uh, and the ultimate is a minus seven. It says you get an emblem with, if a source would deal damage to you or planeswalker you control, 
prevent all but one of that damage. So force field. Yeah, force field. It's pretty sweet. Um, with that said, for limited purposes, I think if you can use the plus ability once or twice and then get a couple anthem effects with the plus plus one counters, you'll probably be, you know, doing just fine if the Johnny survives that long. Yeah. I mean, the plus ability kind of reminds me of one of Elspeth's plus abilities. I mean, obviously, it doesn't give it evasion, which is way worse. And it also doesn't make it bigger. Or it, as big. Um, but the lifelink's a bonus. That's nice. Yeah, lifelink, first strike, vigilance. I mean, that's a really nice combo of abilities, but like anytime you staple kind of three keywords like that onto a creature, it's, it's probably gonna it's probably going to be good. Yeah. Um, but overall, it's like, as a Planeswalker, it warps the game. It's going to be worth playing every time you're in white, right? Yep. Alright, let's keep going. Uh, Johnny's Pride Mate. Reprint. Um, this is the, the grizzly bear that gets bigger whenever you gain life. Uh, this set doesn't seem to be as focused as others where he's been in. Uh, as on Lifelink, I should say. Since, um, but with that said, he is a bear. And bears bear, are good. Bears are fine. And then he can become really powerful if you have some kind of repeated life gain effect, which I know there are a few. Yeah, there's one, there's a 1-1 one, one for 1 that taps the game of life, so there's a little bit of a combo there if you're willing to play a shitty creature. A really bad card. For... To make this mediocre creature better. Yeah, probably, um, probably not worth it. But Super playable. Most white decks will want some cards like this, whether it's this one or something else. Right. That's up to you. Uh, next up is another rare Avacyn Guardian Angel 2, and then triple white uh, for a legendary creature. It's a 5-4 Flying Vigilance, so... Right there, you're happy. Yeah. Uh, it has two activated abilities, neither of which requires a tap. The first one is one and a white, prevent all damage that would be dealt to another target creature this turn by sources of the color of your choice. And uh, for five and two white, you can prevent all damage that would be dealt to target player by sources of the color of your choice. So, I mean, this is pretty aggressively costed mm-hmm. if you can afford the triple white and... That first ability is really, really good to just be able to protect your dudes from, you know, any one color of damage. Yeah, it feels kind of uh, nine and a half tails ish, but much worse. <laughs> I don't know. At least, I mean, I mean, much worse in that the ability is much worse. Um, the ability is much worse, but this card is way bigger creatures. Yeah, it's a way bigger creature that flies and destroys. Yeah, I'd be happy if it was just five mana, five four flying vigilance. Okay. I mean, it feels feels very respectable just because it's a dragon. Yeah. <clears throat> you keep getting all the good ones, Jeff. Yes, Battle Mastery. Two colors and a white. It's uh, an aura that gives you creature double strike. Yep. Um, pretty straightforward. Pretty bad. Um, auras, I think, are pushed a little bit in this set. A little bit. Um, and... I, it might be a trap, but the removal is pretty weak, so I don't know. Um, overall, I, auras that don't give your creature, that don't make your creature bigger, that just give it an ability, I really don't like. Um, even though the ability kind of makes it bigger in a way, at least makes it power bigger. But it doesn't take it out of the range of you know a right. burn spell that would have killed it previously <laughs> would still kill it when this is on there, which is yeah definitely a, a big risk. Um, not only when you're casting it, but even just in subsequent turns, you don't want to get two for one like that. Yeah, I generally leave a card like this on the sidelines pretty much every time. Yep, uh, me too. Uh, next up is Boomweaver Giant. This is an uncommon. It costs six and a white for a giant monk creature. He's a 4-4. Four, four. 
Um, and when he enters the battlefield, you can search your graveyard hand and or library for an aura card and put it onto the battlefield attached to Boom Weaver, Weaver Giant. Combo! Yeah. Battle Mastery. <laughs> so, I mean, that's a powerful effect, but for seven mana, no. I want to just win the game. Mm-hmm. And this does not do that. Mm-mm. So, yeah. Kind of stopped reading after the casting cost. <laughs> Another winner for Jeff to read up next. Congregate. Three colors and white uncommon instant. Target player gains two life for each creature on the battlefield. Just straight up life gain card. Really bad, always. Don't draft them. This one can let you gain an absurd amount of life, and there will be times when citing this card in will be worth it. And there are also times in this format, because like there's a bit of a token slash convoke sub-theme going on, uh, you will, in theory, have a lot of creatures in a few games, and this can gave, gain you like enough life to be worth a card. It's just the circumstances of that are going to be so rare that you're almost always better off just leaving it in the board, at least at first. Yeah. Um, I mean, it could turn into a, I guess, not-of-the-bone type life gain uh, where it gains you like 20 life or more, but it still doesn't seem worth it. I mean, not-of-the-bone is powerful because you got to draw it by milling yourself. Mm-hmm. This doesn't didn't have to waste a, a draw or a draw step on actually getting the card into your hand. Right. Um, <clears throat> next up is Constricting Sliver. This is another uncommon. It's five and a white for a three-three sliver. Slivers are back, sort of. Uh, this says sliver creatures you control have when this creature enters the battlefield, you may exile target creature on opponent controls until this creature leaves the battlefield. So six mana banisher priest. Yeah, this is pretty sweet. Yeah, I think this card is very good. I mean, don't worry about the fact that it's a sliver because there are only five slivers in the set. And only six, right? One of them is a rare mythic that costs five colors. So ostensibly there are only five and they're all uncommons. So, I mean, basically it's, yeah, it's a six mana banisher priest that's a three, three. And that is a good card. Yeah, that's solid. Um, next card, Dauntless River Marshal. This is part of a cycle. Um, it's a pretty interesting one. Two mana, colorless and a white for 2-1. Uh, it's, it's uncommon as well. And uh, this guy gets plus one, plus one as long as you control an island. So it's for white-blue decks. And he also has a blue ability, which is paying for to tap creatures. Um, it feels very good because it's a two-mana 3-2 three, two that has a relevant ability. Although... I mean, it's it's a gold card, essentially. Yeah, I mean, it's a blue-white card. Don't kid yourself. Uh, I mean, you can play this in a straight-white deck, but all you're getting is a Goblin Piker, and that's not very exciting. It's below the curve for white, so... Yeah, I mean, I do think this card might be a bit of a trap relative to some of the... Like, this the previous cycle of these types of creatures that we got last time, in that, I mean, a, like you said, a 3-2 for 2 is fine, uh, and the ability is nice. Like, that's, that's some nice little gravy on top, but... It's an expensive ability. You're probably not going to activate it a whole lot of times just because of the loss of tempo you're going to get by using it. True. But if you're late in the game, I mean, it'll definitely become very relevant. It's it's good. Uh, but, again, it requires you to be white-blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devouring Light is up next. And this is a reprint. It's uh, an uncommon as well. It's an instant for one, a white, and a white. Uh, it has Convoke. So, is this the first Convoke card we've yes. seen? So, instead of tapping lands or paying mana for this card, you can tap creatures uh, to lower the cost. 
So you can tap a white creature to reduce the cost by a single white, and you can you tap any creature to reduce the cost by a colorless mana. Um, and so that makes this a little harder to play around as an instant. Um, and it says exile target attacking or blocking creature. Right. Uh, yeah, it's unlike the um, the next snaps that we usually see where your opponent has four mana open and they're white. It's like, oh no, I wonder what they have. They could have just one mana open and, and the creatures, and they'll have it. They'll actually have this open, so it's harder to like see coming sometimes. Yeah. Um, if you play the format enough, you'll start to like understand what tricks your opponent can be representing with what untapped creatures. Totally. Uh, but this one is especially hard to play around being in white because white is usually the color that gets vigilance. Right. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's better than pretty much every next snap there is. It's yeah. Pretty, it's pretty nice. It's cheaper. Yeah. It has exiles. a cost reduction. It exiles. Yeah. This card is very good. Oh. Uh, next up. Divine Favor reprint. Uh, yeah, we see this like in almost every core set, so I won't go too far into it. It's just uh, an aura that gives plus one plus three and gains you three life. Uh, this is always like possibly playable, yeah. but not unplayable, not exciting. You know, let's let's move on. Yeah. Uh, next up is Ephemeral Shields, uh, one and a white for an instant. It's a common. It also has Convoke, and it says target creature gains indestructible until end of turn. Uh, this is not nearly as good as Ajani's Presence that we got used to playing with in Theros Block. Right. But with that said, it is a trick, and, you know, some decks want that. Yep. Um, first response, we got three colors and a white for an enchantment. It's, an or- it's uh, uncommon. At the beginning of each upkeep, if you lost life last turn, put a 1-1 white soldier token on the battlefield. I... Don't like this card. Okay, I was just about to ask you, what do you think of this card? Because I don't like it. Um, yeah, it's like, so the first time you get a one one, you paid four mana for a one one, and you've lost life, <laughs> and you've lost life. Yes. The second time you paid four mana for two one ones, you're still you're still not there yet, and you've lost life two separate times. Yes. The third time, you've gotten three one ones for your four mana, which is about on par for what you should be paying for four mana. Now, granted, you've never lost any life, but you've lost life three times, yeah. and they're probably close just, to death. You're probably just losing the game. <laughs> so, yeah. this seems pretty bad. Yeah, it's nice that it checks on every upkeep, but, like, how good is a conditional army of 1-1s? It seems really bad to me. Yeah. I mean, if it was a rare that made a 1-1 every turn, I'd say that it was pretty good. Yeah. But it's it is not close to that. Not that. Um, Geist of the Moors is up next. This is an uncommon creature for one and two white. It's a 3-1 flyer. Good card. Is it better or worse than Midnight Guard? It's better. Which is coming up soon. <laughs> Let's not get into that. <laughs> uh, it is better, but it is, yeah, it's really yeah, good. You're I mean, never going to cut this from a white deck. No. I this mean, is always awesome. 3-1 three, three flying is really powerful. I mean, it's like a, what was that, Cloud Spirit or whatever mm-hmm. in blue. And this can block ground creatures. Yeah, so. exactly. All right, let's keep going. Hilliod's Pilgrim, uh, two colors and a white. One, two, uh, when he enters the battlefield, you may search the library for an aura, reveal it, put it in your hand. So um, this is kind of like the... I don't know. Like, is it is it worth playing auras with a common like this? Hard to say. It's 
kind of a two for one, but not really. Not really. You're getting a one two, and you're spending a lot of mana to do it. Yeah, this is not a Stoneforge Mystic searching up no. equipment. It costs one more. You can't cheat the stuff into play. Like, I, I understand if you have like a couple juicy targets, and we'll get to some later on. There's one in red in particular that comes to mind. You might want to run this just because it has that tutor ability. <laughs> uh, but I think this card is pretty uninspiring. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, next up is a rare. It's called Hushwing Griff. It costs two colorless and a white. It's a 2-1 flash flying creature. Uh, and it says, creatures entering the battlefield don't cause abilities to trigger. Uh, this thing's pretty strange. It's obviously geared towards, you know, constructed hate bear type scenarios. Yeah. But, I mean, it's a 2-1 flyer for three with flash. And that's pretty good. So, you'll probably play this in most of your white decks. And, I don't know. It seems fine. Yeah, you won't pick it too highly, though, for yeah. a rare. Don't get rare blinders on because it's not actually that powerful for limited. <clears throat> no, that's even, like, common level power. Um, Kinsbale Skirmishers next. He is a bear. Uh, and by the way, I'm going to keep saying bear a lot. Whenever I say that, I mean a colorless, a color for a 2-2 creature. Um, anyway, he's a bear. Uh, when he enters the battlefield, a uh, target creature gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. It's a nice bonus on a bear. Yep, solid bear, solid yep. good card. I like, I like it. it. Yeah. Uh, Marked by honor is next. Here's uh, one of the auras you can search up with that one two. It costs three colors and a white, and it says enchanted creature gets plus two plus two and has vigilance. So it's like a really poor man's knightly valor. Yeah, and truthfully, like this is I like this more than the double strike thing. Because, oh, it's way better than because that. it gives plus two plus two. I mean. It creates a blocker and an attacker. Yeah. Um, it's it's a powerful effect. It's just you do open yourself up to getting two-for-one by certain types of removal or bounce. or I guess bounce doesn't two-for-one you. It one-for-ones you and then makes you lose a bunch of tempo. But, I mean, this this card's definitely playable. And if you have some evasive threats, like, you might just want to run it. Right. Yeah. But it's it'll sit in the sideboard a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Mass Calcify, Sorcery, 7 mana, reprint, destroy all non-white creatures. Too much mana. Yeah, wake me up when Wraths cost less than 6. Yeah. Uh, Meditation Puzzle is next. It costs 3 and 2 white. It's an instant, it's a common, it has Convoke, and it says you gain 8 life. Boom! No thanks. <laughs> Let's keep going. Uh, Jeff's favorite oh, card ever. Midnight Guard, people. Uh... Yeah, we all know what he does. Two colors in a white, two, three, whenever another creature enters the battlefield, you can untap him. Uh, famously, he's better than Chapel Geist. Doesn't matter what set, this <laughs> card is not as good as Chapel Geist. Um, but, uh, truthfully here, uh, three mana, two, three seems fine. Um, he's yeah, it's got good. conditional vigilance and it's, it's all, it's all gravy. He's, he's, uh, yeah, he's a playable. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up is a card from Theros Block, Oppressive Rays, uh, one white, and it's a common. You know what this card does if you've been playing recently, so I'm not going to get into it. It's good in aggressive decks and mediocre most other places. Yep. Yep. Speaking of cards we've been playing with, Oresco Swiftclaw. He is the Scottish cat. Uh, why is he Scottish? I don't know, because they made him Scottish. But uh, he's uh, two mana for a 3-1, vanilla. Um always good that that cost for that power is all good yeah he's super aggressive dies to everything it still seems a little bit better than a grizzly bear to me yeah for sure i mean yeah 
Uh, next up is Paragon of New Dawns. This is a cycle of color lords, uh, one in each color. They all cost three and one of the color uh, for a 2-2. Two, two, and it says, this one says, other white creatures you control, you get plus one, plus one. Uh, you'll see that mirrored on all the other different colored Paragons. And they all have a, an activated ability. This one is white and tap. It says, another target white creature you control gains vigilance until end of turn. It's that's all right. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely tied to the number of other white creatures you have. Yep. Um, but I mean, the ability doesn't matter so much to me. Like, if I'm tapping this to give something else vigilance, like that doesn't seem like a very You're good. Tapping exchange. a two-two to give hopefully your like four-four vigilance, which is better. Sure. But... Yeah, it's fine. But I mean, I'm not excited by this card. But in the in Heavy white decks is going to be very good. Yeah, I mean the nice thing is that like with like an honor of the pure, even though it costs two less, there's always the risk of just like it just being a do nothing enchantment, and this at least is a, has a body on it, so that's nice. Yep. Uh, next card, Pillar of Light, um, instant two colors and a white common exile target creature with toughness four or greater. Uh, we usually see you like with power, but yeah. we're, we're looking at toughness now. And uh, is that better or worse, you think? I think it's worse. Okay. I think I'm much more likely to want to to be worried about and having problems getting rid of a large power creature. I guess maybe not like having <laughs> problems getting rid of, because a lot of high power guys have low toughness. Yeah. But at the same time, the thing I'm concerned about is usually like a 6-4 or something like that. Um Especially in white, where I have access to like some evasive things, and what I'm most worried about is racing. Um, now, but don't you think that there are probably more creatures with four or greater butt than four or greater power? Sure. I mean, it, this might be a better card than four toughness. I just don't... I don't know. It's like, it doesn't feel as good to me for some reason. Uh-huh. I, I like that it's instant speed. I think we'll know a lot more about how good this card is if we do a statistical analysis, which we are planning on doing. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, at this point, it definitely seems like, like, if I go to a pre-release or, or a draft on release weekend, I'm going to play the first copy of this just to see how it goes. Um, but there aren't, like, a whole lot of targets in white or red, um, at common and uncommon. Uh, this will be very good against green decks. Yeah. Uh, from what I've seen. And it exiles, too, so. Um, yeah. Some green guys can regenerate and such things. Yeah. But it's good. I mean, I think it's the first copy will certainly be playable, but or not certainly, but probably probably be playable. Uh, second copy probably not so much unless you're citing it in for you know a deck with a lot of big booty hoes. Yep. Uh, next up is Preeminent Captain. This is another reprint. Two and a white for a two-two rare. Has first strike, so right there I'm in. Like two-two first strike for three is fine. Yep. And it says when he attacks, you may put a soldier creature card from your hand onto the battlefield, tapped and attacking. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just just fine without any other soldiers, and it's really dangerous if you have some. So I, I think this guy's pretty decent. I don't know if I'd first pick it, but no. Um, you know, in sometime in like the picks two to five or six range, he should probably be going. Especially pack one where you can build around the soldier clause. Sure. I don't know how many soldiers there are, but... Uh, yeah, we'll have to look that up. Um, Alright, next card, Raise the Alarm. Another reprint. Uh, we remember this when we put it on our uh, Ice Crown Scepter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, 
One colorless and white for an instant. Put two one one white soldier creature tokens on the battlefield. So it's like a bear split in two. And it's instant speed, which is pretty, which can be pretty nice. Yeah, I mean, this is these are soldiers you can't cheat in with the captain, but I mean, it's fine. It works well with convoke as well. Yeah, and it's really good with um, the white anthem creature. Yeah, we're gonna get to another um, instant in four cards that plays well with token generators like this as well. Um, but before that, we have Razorfoot Griffin. It's a 2-2 two, two flying first strike for 4 mana. And that's just fine. Uh, I think this card is a lot worse now than it used to be maybe even just like a year ago or two years ago. Based sure. on the way magic has changed. I agree. Yeah. Um, we got Resolute Archangel. It's a rare 7 mana for 4-4 four, four flying. Uh, not good there so far. <laughs> when Resolute Archangel enters the battlefield, if your life total is less than your starting life total, which happens to be 20 in pretty much most all games, becomes equal to your starting life total. How much life do you need to gain for this to be good, do you think? What if I if I said over under 4.5? Uh, like, is 4 life enough? Or would it have no. to be 5 or more? Five or more, I think. Okay, would it have to be more than five? For this to be good? For you to, like, want to play this card in your limited decks. Yeah, I think so. I think What's I'll, the number? I think it's, like, seven. Seven. <laughs> Which could happen. I mean, by the time you're at seven mana, you might be at 13 yeah. or lower life. <laughs> but with that said, like... I mean, if, it's, you, it's if, nice. you just, if you just played, like, a four mana spell that gave you business right away, like... Maybe you wouldn't be at 13 or 12 or 10. Right. But it's nice that you're 7 mana, like, big, not quite a dragon. It's an angel. Uh, at least stabilizes in a way that it brings your life total back. I don't know. Yeah. Seems It seems okay. I would not highly pick it, though. No, and I think that's the point to take away here is, like, it's kind of on par with other 6 or 7 drops. Like, usually if something costs 7 mana, I want it to just straight up win the game, and this doesn't. doesn't. It helps you not lose. And it, it does that in a pretty significant way. It gives you a nice body and, like, gains you a bunch of life. But at the same time, like, again, like, if you just had a different card in your deck, maybe you wouldn't be in that position in the first place. Totally. Um, next up is Return to the Ranks. It's another Convoke card. And the casting cost on this is X, white, white. Uh, it's a rare. It says Return X target creature cards with converted mana cost 2 or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Not for limited play. Yeah, I mean... Unless Convoke is just a dedicated deck in and of itself, I don't think you can really build around this, just because if you have to jam that many small creatures into your deck, you, you probably aren't winning anyway, even if you resolve this. Right, and the, the fact is, is like, I don't know, you, you you won't have them all in your graveyard either, so it's just, I, I, don't, I don't like it at all. Speaking of a card I do want to use in token strategies, this next one is sweet. Sanctified Charge, four colorless and a white, instant. Creatures you control get plus two, plus one until end of turn. White creatures also gain first strike. Wow. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> it's expensive. Plus two, plus one in first strike is a huge bonus to your entire team. Um, and the fact that it's at instant speed is really nice. Uh, if it's just plus two, plus one for five mana at instant speed, what do you think of it? I mean, I think it's rad that it works on your non-white creatures as well to some extent. Right. And the fact that it gives your white creatures like that additional bonus is really sweet. Um, I I think the main concern here is just one of mana curve like and deck construction in general. If you're playing like a controlling white X deck, this card does not belong. 
If you're just trying to beat down with like a bunch of small creatures, like in a white red deck, this thing is like real good. Yeah, you might even want to play two because right. it's that powerful. Right. Um, but yeah, this super seems like a super swingy card, especially because you can cast it after blockers. Like if they don't block enough of your guys to just like live, you're gonna be like, okay, lob axe you yeah, with it inside dead. of combat, yeah. you're dead. Um, and even if you're not lob axing them, maybe you're eating a couple of their creatures if they block your white dudes, like. This card seems very powerful. It'll be interesting to see like if it's worth the five mana in every aggressive deck. Yeah, for sure. Um, oh, sorry, I was about to step on your toes. You can step on them all you want. You can read this shitty card. Selfless Cathar, uh, one one for one human cleric. We played with this before from Innistrad. It says one and a white sacrifice him. Creatures you control get plus one plus one until end of turn. I mean, he was playable, like kind of sneaky playable back in Innistrad, mm-hmm. but I mean, not great. Yeah, I mean, in Innistrad, he could have actually been pretty pretty damn good, um, right. just because you ended up with a pretty large amount of small bodies in play. Uh, this white does feel like it could end up that way. I mean, we have raised the alarm, we have a lot of bears and such things. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, he's probably playable, but don't look to him as being as good as he was. Yeah, the swarmier deck, the better this card is going to be. Yeah. Uh, next up. Seraph of the Masses, five colorless, double white, uh, uncommon. It's an angel, convoke, flying, and its power and toughness are equal to the number of creatures you control. What do you think of this card? Oh, uh, convoke, big convoke creatures are hard to gauge. Um, I think it's probably pretty good. Uh, similar to like a siege worm is pretty good. But maybe a little worse than that because it's not guaranteed to be big. I don't know. It's hard. Yeah. The thing that bugs me about this card is that it, like, I feel like it encourages you to play more dudes just for the sake of playing dudes. Like, it's not like you're jamming more creatures into your deck because you have good creatures. You're jamming, like, you know, if this motivates you to put, like, more selfless Cathars and, like, crappy dudes like that in... Then I don't think this card is actually good. I mean, it, it it can it can be powerful if you resolve it in that case, but it could also be something where you don't draw it and you have a bunch of like one ones and two ones and one twos, and you're like, now what? I'm just yeah. gonna die. Um, and like even if you do manage to resolve this from a board state, like with a bunch of small dudes, and they just you know doombladed or whatever the corollary to doomblade is in this set, like then you're just left over with a bunch of swag creatures that aren't helping you at all. Like I think this card's a bit of a trap, but you're right. It can be very powerful. I think that it has the potential to be good. Alright, next up is a sideboard card, Solemn Offering. We've seen this card a lot. It's two and a white destroy target artifact and jam and gain some life. Uh, this card is fine out of the board. Yep. Next. Alright. New uh, kind of titanish cards. We have first one, Soul of Theros. We have six mana, six sixes. And this guy has Vigilance. So each one of these in this cycle have an ability that uh, costs a certain amount, doesn't require tapping. This one is uh, cost six, creatures you control get plus two plus two and gain first strike and lifelink until end of turn, which is ridiculous, absurd. Um, and then the other thing they do is when they're in the graveyard, you can then essentially flash back the creature by exiling it and getting that ability again. Yeah, the plus two, plus two, first strike, and lifelink to your old team. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, this one is a lot like a Titan in that you basically have one turn to deal with it, or you probably just lose the game. Yeah, because they're about to attack with a 8-8 life-linking, first-striking... First vigilance. Vigilance. Why not? Yeah. These cards piss me off a little bit. Yeah, at least they don't have the problem the Titans have where they have some kind of busted ability as soon as they come into play, they yeah. get to attack. So Yeah, I mean the the big thing I think you should take away from knowing that these cards are in the set is that they are mythics, so you're not gonna see them very often, but if you do see one in like game one or game two, when you go into the next game or games, you need to at least have some sort of plan on how you could possibly beat this card. And either if that's like I need to play super aggressively, like, just so they can't cast it, or I need to save, like, this one, like, the one removal spell I have that can deal with this card, because, like I said, it's like, you have a very tiny window to, you know, beat this card before it takes over the game. Yeah, unfortunately, and, even if you do beat it, it does get the one plus two plus two first strike and lifelink out of it. Sure, and... but not with the six six vigilance on the board. Right. You right. know? Um, anyway, these, like, these are super powerful, super swingy cards, and... If you see them, you should try to side into something if you can to deal with them. And curse the wizard's designers. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, again, at least they're mythics. Yeah. Um, Soul Mender is next. This is that card I talked about earlier. It's one mana for a 1-1 one, one cleric. Uh, you can tap him to gain a life. This card is poop. Bad. Don't play it. Yeah. Uh, Spectra Ward. Three colorless and two white. It's a rare. Um, this is an aura. Enchanted Creature gets plus two, plus two, and has protection from all colors. But wait a second. Got a protection from all colors, wouldn't it just fall right off, Greg? Nope. Why, Why not? Because it doesn't. Af- this effect does not remove auras. <laughs> what? Okay, yeah. So uh, they get pro everything. Well, all colors and make guy big. This is <laughs> make guy big now. Very powerful. Very Cave Jeff mad. <laughs> really powerful card. Um, it's an aura. So like all auras, they're not. They're not. That great. <laughs> yeah, well, if you don't get blown out when you cast this one, you're probably in the clear. Because once it has protection from all colors, like, the only thing that's really dealing with it is something that kills the enchantment itself. Right. And those are few or far between. Like, or I, artifacts, which there aren't any good ones. Yeah, my first, the first thing I did when I saw this card was I went through and I'm like, oh, well, artifact creatures could still block it. And I went and looked through all the artifact creatures. And all the ones that were, like, reasonable possibilities for being able to deal with, like, a creature that had this on it were rares. There was, like, one 4-4 artifact creature, but even that's, like, if you put this aura on a 3-3, the 4-4 artifact creature ain't doing shit, you right. know, without more help. So, th- I mean, this card's powerful. It's, I mean, I think it might be worth first picking if you build around it and maybe... I don't like first picking it, but I, I think... I don't like it, but, I mean, in a core set... Yeah. Cards like this tend to overperform, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, I mean, uh, what's the one, the four mana and gives it flying and plus... Oh, yeah. Armored Ascension. Uh, is that what it was? It was like plus one plus one for every planes you control and flying. Oh, I wasn't thinking of that one. I was thinking of the Mythic or whatever that was like... Oh, yeah, yeah. The one's in the cube. <laughs> um, yeah. That one was so stupid. But that one came back to your hand after the creature died. <laughs> right. Anyway, this one seems pretty powerful. But yeah, I mean, the main point to take away is don't, like, run this out there into a bunch of open mana. Mm-hmm. Next up is Spirit Bonds. This is an enchantment. It's a rare. It costs one and a white. It says, whenever a non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may pay white. If you do, put a 1-1 white spirit creature token with flying onto the battlefield. And you can then pay one and a white and sacrifice a spirit. Target non-spirit creature gains indestructible. 
until end of turn. This card seems insane to me. It like, seems really good. It seems very, very good. This is a card I would gladly first pick. Yeah. It's like a um, like a Burning Vengeance or a Lightning Rift that uh, the special ability you need is playing creatures. Which you're going to do anyway. <laughs> yeah, it seems really, really good. And it's insane because then the thing, like the bonus you get from it allows you to protect those creatures you're playing, which is like really powerful. Yeah, it seems, yeah, easy first pick, I think. I like this card a lot. I will be happy to open it if I do. Yeah. Um, moving on, Sungrace Pegasus. Uh, this is a common two uh, two mana with colors and a white for a one two flying lifelink. Poop. I, I don't like it at all. I think cards like this tend to overperform. Like I never like them when I look at them. Like you remember the one from the original Ravica block that was like a one one flying lifelink for two. It was, like, yes. white or black. Yes. And I would never pick the card or play with it. Or I shouldn't say never, but I would rarely, like, pick it in the draft. because like, this card's no good. I can find something better than this in the pack. And then people would play it against me, and I just... It's super annoying to play against. Because it's not quite a 2-2 flyer for two, but it's not nearly as bad as a 1-2 flyer for two. Like, that lifelink makes up a lot of ground as far as, like, being able to race with it. And, like, I don't know. You could Like, this... I'd be much happier enchanting this than enchanting... Oh, yeah. Like, just a 1-2 flyer for two. Yeah, I think it, it fills a space in a curve for certain decks, for certain white decks, but I uh, think I want every other creature that costs this in the set over it. Yeah. I mean, again, I'm not saying it's good, I'm just saying, like, as, as bad as this card may seem to an experienced player, it's probably not that bad. Right. Yeah. Uh, next up is Tireless Missionaries. Four and a white for a 2-3 common uh, when it enters the battlefield you gain three life this is really lackluster yeah but, like somehow still playable yeah just barely i mean they're yeah i i don't like it but you're gonna have to play it sometimes uh we got triplicate spirits four colorless and two white convoke put three one one white spirit creature tokens with flying onto the battlefield uh yeah it's fine um Solid. It's nice that this is a common. Yeah. You can, like, stack them up. Get totally. A, play a couple of them. Like, the second one is going to be way better than the first one. Right. For those playing online right now and spending a bunch of money to do so, Vintage Masters has uh, something like this that I can't remember what, <laughs> what it's called. But oh, yeah. It's got flashback, and, and you tap creatures to flash it back. Uh, it reminds me of this quite a bit. And uh, that card's really powerful, and it's common. So, I don't know. Maybe they'll be similar... In power level. I don't know. This card seems good to me. Like, I think the white deck is going to want this. And, again, the more copies, the better. For sure. Three, three one, one flying creatures is a lot. Like, it's, even it's... if you only convoke this for one, it's still worth it. Yeah, for sure. Like, five mana for three one, one flyers is solid. Yeah. Um, next up is Wall of Essence. One and a white for an uncommon 0-4 defender. Uh, whenever it is dealt combat damage, you gain that much life. This is a really nice control card. It essentially blocks two things like you block something and as long as the wall doesn't die you gain that life which ostensibly blocks something else at least partially um not really at home in an aggressive deck at all but still yeah useful. it's it does something that a lot of walls don't can't do which is um a lot of the like oh zero power walls just just are like a, a soft removal spell for one creature this stops an entire attack 
they can't really attack you while this is out unless they have some kind of ridiculous swarm happening. Yeah, especially if you have even just, like, one other good block, where, like, you have a 2-3 and they have a 2-2, this kind of just shuts down their entire offense. Yeah. With that said, white feels pretty aggressive. Yeah. And so Wall of Essence is probably fairly low on the pick order, just because the deck, most white decks probably won't be playing this kind of game, but the ones that are will be pretty happy with it. Agreed. Next up. Warden of the Beyond. This is two colorless and white for a 2-2. It's an uncommon. Has Vigilance. So two, three mana for 2-2 two, two Vigilance. Passes that as in it's good enough. Yeah. Uh, and then it gets plus 2, plus 2 as long as an opponent owns a card in exile. So it's like, eh, might be amazing. Might be okay. Yeah, it's a 2-2 two, two Vigilance that will occasionally be better than that, but very occasionally. Yeah. And you'll really have very little, you know, way of dictating when that's going to happen. Right. We have the, what, the one removal spell to kill someone with toughness for greater that exiles. There's Devouring Light, which is an uncommon. Devouring Light. I mean, and there's things in other colors that exile, and there are things that'll allow you to exile your own stuff, but at the same time, like, a card like this, you can't really depend on that every right. game. Like, you just kind of have to evaluate, evaluate as a 2-2 Vigilance for 3 and just, you know, take the upside when it's there. Right. All right, we're on to blue cards. Uh, the first one up is another kind of situational card. It's called Aeronaut Tinkerer. It's a 2-3 for a 2 and a blue, and it has flying as long as you control an artifact. So there's a small kind of artifact sub-theme floating through the format, mostly in blue, but the artifacts, uh, when we get to them, you'll see are not very good. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, we might as well talk about this a little bit now. I feel like this whole shtick of... Artifacts Matter is going to be a trap in this set because you're going to start playing these artifacts that aren't good to make your guys slightly better, and it's probably just not worth it. This 3-mana 2-3, that's fine. Yeah, like, You don't have to have the artifact to make this great. I mean, it, it does make it great. 3-mana 2-3 flying is great, but um, it's way worse if you're playing a bad artifact to make it great. Yeah, exactly. It, it then becomes probably worse than the 3-mana 2-3. Three so <laughs> With some other reasonable card in that artifact slot. Right. Now, of course, if you have a good artifact, it's I mean, this card goes way up in value. Right, but it, just like the last guy, just like the exile guy, I mean, just take your gravy when you, can, when you randomly get it, but don't plan on it. Yeah. Um, next is Ether Spouts. Three colorless, two blue for a rare instant... Oh boy. For each attacking creature, its owner puts it on the top or bottom of his or her library. This card is nasty. <laughs> it's like the most brutal grip tide on Earth. Yeah. It's like, really good. It can only be done inside of combat, but it's like... It, they essentially gave blue a Wrath of God, and uh -huh. white, meanwhile, has Mass Calcify, just going like, <laughs> hey, what happened? Like, I thought I thought I got those cards. Yeah. This, this card is like... I mean... The thing is, is if they attack you with three or more creatures, like, they can't put them all on the top. They just can't do it or they're going to lose the game. Because, like, it's just so, it just slows them down so much. They're, like, I, I mean, assuming you're doing anything else. Right. Because this is, this is a one-sided wrath. Like, it's not like a regular wrath where you wrath and then you got to build your board back up. Like, your board's already there. It stayed there. Theirs went away. Mm -hmm. And so, like, they're going to have to draw their absurd card to get out of this, so they're probably going to bottom a lot of those cards, which just makes it a one-sided wrath for five. 
Yeah. Fucking ridiculous. With that said, if you, let's say you're not in blue and you open this in pack three and pass it, you absolutely need to play, play around this it. card. Yeah. And it's so easy to play around it because it costs five, including double blue. Yep. Um, so, like, you know which direction you passed it. You know uh, if you see the guy to your left is playing blue and you pass it to him in pack three, he's probably got ether spouts in his deck. So don't just rush your your army of four dudes into an open five mana. Yep. Like, just try to chip away with one evasive threat or, you know, just slow roll it, try to draw it out. So that it doesn't completely blow you out. And, I mean, similarly, if you didn't see it in the draft, but you see it in game one, like games two and three, like, you absolutely have to play around this card. Because it's so backbreaking if they, yeah, if you get anything more than two creatures with it, like, the game's more than likely over. Right. Uh, next up is Amphim Path Mage. Three and a blue for a 3-2 wizard. It's a salamander wizard. I like that. I mean, apparently merfolk not a thing anymore <laughs> uh it's a common and you can pay two and a blue it says target creature can't be blocked this turn so he can make himself not blockable he can make your biggest creature unblockable yeah. this card seems pretty powerful for a common yeah and i mean blue is tends to be the control player and this kind of ability is perfect for the control player yeah and if you get the six mana you can do this on two different creatures like I'm just a little surprised this is a common. It seems better than that to me, even though it's a little overcosted for the 3-2 body. Sure. I mean, you don't want too many of them is the thing, because right. flooding your 4 spot with 3-2s is not the way to win most games. Sure, but yeah, if you're the control deck and you can put one of these into your deck and kind of be conservative about when you play it and when you start using it, I mean, that's, yeah, that's good. Yeah, you'll part. always be happy. Next is Chasm Skulker. He's rare. Two colorless and white for a 1 1, or I don't know, blue for a 1 1. Uh, whenever you draw a card, put a plus 1 plus 1 counter on him. That's pretty good. Uh, whenever he dies, put X 1 1 blue squid creature tokens without and walk into the battlefield where X is the number of plus 1 plus 1 counters on him. Um, seems fine. Yeah, it seems pretty good for like a mid range or control deck. Just, you know. Plop them onto the battlefield as soon as possible, let those counters start ticking up, and eventually either they have to deal with the creature himself and give you a bunch of squids, or they have to, you know, just chump block, chump block, right. chump block. I yeah. mean, he has the danger of starting out as a little lowly 1-1, one, one, easy to kill, but if they don't, he gets out of control really fast. Right. I'd almost rather them use a removal spell on my 3-mana spell, like, even if it is a 1-1, one, one, then, you know, if, if they let this thing get three counters on it, and you just get three one ones when it dies, like, you, that's totally worth the three mana you invested in it. Totally. Yep. Alright. Uh, next up is Chief Engineer. Uh, one and a blue for one three creature Vidalkin Artificer. It's a rare. It says artifact. Spells you control have Convoke. This card is definitely for Constructed. <laughs> yeah. It's, there just aren't enough playable artifacts in this set for this to be good. Uh, yeah, that's about all there's to say about that. Yeah. Um, next is Chrono Stutter. Five colorless and a blue for an instant. Put target creature into its owner's library second from the top. Is it worth the extra mana to get it one deeper than Griptide? No, I don't think so. I, I have some notes here, and that's exactly what I wrote. I said, it's a sweet name for a card and, like, kind of a cool design, but I'd rather just have Griptide. Yeah, Griptide seems much better than this. I mean, six mana is a lot, and... And half the time that 
you want the card that you're bouncing to go on top of the library. You right. want them to draw that same card again. It's like, okay. I don't care if you redraw this and recast it, like, especially if it's just some, like, derpy vanilla creature. Totally. Like, a five mana 4-4 four, four or something. You're just like, get that out of here. Yeah, you can draw that again next turn, and yeah, I don't know. This card, I mean, with that said, this card's still very playable. Yeah, seems seems okay. I mean... You don't uh, really want more than one, probably. No, I don't think you would ever want more than one. And there will be a lot of times where you don't even want the first copy. Yep. Yeah. Uh, next up is Coral Barrier. Uh, two and a blue for a 1-3 defender. When it enters the battlefield, you get one of those 1-1 one, one blue squids with Island Lock. So, I mean, it's nice for Convoke. You get two creatures on one card. It comes up the ground. How important is the Island Lock? I don't know. Probably not very important in most games, even if they're playing islands, because the dude's only a 1-1. Mm-hmm. Uh, is 3 toughness enough for that wall to be serviceable? Yeah, maybe. I mean, the the nice thing about it is the like just the cost to uh, power toughness you get. It's essentially 2-4 for 3 mana, which is definitely above the curve. Um, I think I like it. I think it's good enough. Yeah, and it, it does seem like blue wants to be controlling... And this fits that bill real well. Yeah. It's got good flavor, too. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I like that. Do they have the squid in the art? Oh, I see it. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. Next is one of those slivers we were talking about before. Diffusion Sliver. Uh, colorless and a blue for a 1-1. One, one. Whenever slivers you control become the target of spell or ability, the, that spell or ability gets countered unless they pay 2. Frost Titan Sliver. Yeah, Frost Titan ability on a 1-1. One, one. Bad card. Don't draft it. Yeah, this is just uh, absolutely do nothing in most decks in like ninety nine point nine 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 percent of decks. Yep. Uh, dissipate is up next. Uh, good old dissipate. One blue blue for an uncommon instant counter target spell. If it would be countered, exile it instead of putting it into its owner's graveyard. Yep, we all know the card. We all know its power level. It's yeah, medium sol- solid in corset. I mean, yeah. very playable. Like cancel type effects are always fine. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of solid and corset, uh, Divination. Three mana, draw two cards. Always solid. Happy to have it. Yep. Uh, another corset staple is up next in Crust. One blue blue for an aura. Enchant artifact or a creature. Enchant a permanent doesn't untap during its controller's untap step. And its activated abilities can't be activated. Note, as always, that this card does not tap the card you put it on. So... The untap clause only really matters if it's tapped in the first place. Right. I mean, it does have the nice bonus of, like, the arrest bonus where they can't use activated abilities. Yeah. Um, which a lot of the tapping cards don't get mm-hmm. uh, because they assume your guy's tapped anyway. <laughs> this is one of the nice answers to all the, the souls, like souls of Ravnica, soul of Theros. Um, yeah. Because it does turn off the activated abilities, and they might get one attack in with it, but after that, like, the thing's tapped. Yeah, the white one has vigilance, so they're gonna keep attacking. But oh, it's shit, still yeah. only a six six at least. Yeah, only. <laughs> <laughs> Is that all? Yeah. Uh, so next card in Soul Artifact. Here's another one of those artifact cards. Uh, colorless and a blue, enchant artifacts. Uh, artifact becomes a five five creature as well as whatever the hell it used to be. Uh, uncommon. Cool art. There's like a pair of flaming walking scissors walking around. Yeah. Like chopping shit up. But I mean, the thing is, is if, if this was a common, I could see like all those bad artifacts all of a sudden becoming like worth playing. If, if you could build a deck around in soul artifact, but you can't. 
Because cause of two cause of two mana, essentially, if you could play a one mana artifact or a zero mana artifact, hello Ornithopter, <laughs> uh, and then on turn two start attacking with a five five, like that's a really busted start. Yeah, that's like an ordeal level beginning, or, if not better. If not better, yeah. So I mean but this is an uncommon. You'll probably only see one in a draft, and it's just not worth building a deck around it. And furthermore, it's like the one thing this card doesn't do is protect the card at all. In fact, it opens it up to literally every type of removal. Like, it'll die to a creature removal spell, an artifact, artifact removal spell, and an enchantment removal spell. Like, every single one of those will just deal with this card, and I that, that's why I don't like it. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Frost Lynx is next. It's two and a blue for a 2-2 elemental cat at common. When it enters the battlefield, tap target creature and opponent controls. That creature doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step. So it's kind of a fixed mana war. Yeah. And it's very good. Yes. Um, we had this in white during Zendikar, which was the snare or something or other. Core. Yeah. Hookmaster or Hook something Master, like that. There it is. Uh, which was absurd in that format. Um, but it was also in the right color and in the right format. Super tempo based. This, yeah. Yeah. It seems like blue is not quite there. No, but it still seems pretty damn good, and probably a pretty yeah. high pick for the commons of blue. Even as a defensive play, it's fine. It's like you lock down one of their guys while also developing your board with something that can block something else. Like, this card, it, it seems like it might be one of the best blue commons, if not the best. Right. Uh, next up is an unplayable 1-1 one, one for 1. I'll let you read the next one. Yeah. Glacial Crasher. We got uh, 6 mana, 5-5... Five, five. Uh, common, and it has trample. Wow, six mana, five five trample in blue. Weird. Uh, can't attack unless there is a mountain on the battlefield. So opponent or you can have this mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, blue red. It's a big giant monster. Pretty pretty damn good. Um, yeah, you don't like... you don't get that in blue red. So that's nice. Uh, against the red opponent. Pretty good. It's a sideboard card if you're not playing red. If you are playing red, the casting cost is essentially three blue, blue, red. And, I mean, yeah, it's another one of those, like, it's not quite a gold card, but we all know it's 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 a gold card. Yeah. It's fool's gold. Yeah. This one has the bonus of being a, uh, what do you call it, sideboard card as well. Yeah, that, and that's nice. So, I mean, even if you don't end up in red and you have this card in your pile, you can still bring it in for certain matchups. Uh-huh. Uh, next up is Hydro Surge, a single blue for an instant. It says target creature gets minus five, minus zero until end of turn. When is it reasonable to play these cards? Because... Never. Never? You just would never bring this in? Um, I'm not saying... I, I know you... I would never start this card either like, okay. in my main deck, but would you ever side this in and why? Uh, you can say no. <laughs> I don't think you do. I mean, I I feel like there must be a reason to do it at some point, but I can't give you one right now. Okay, this next card might give you a reason. Uh, okay, Illus- Illusory Angel. Two colorless and a blue for an uncommon. 4-4 four, four flying. Uh, cast it only if you've cast another spell this turn. So does this angel make a card like Hydra Surge, or the 1-1 the one, one for 1 that we glossed over, Fugitive Wizard? Like... It's we talked about this earlier. Playing a shitty card to make another card better, like that's typically bad. I think it's still bad here. Um, seeing as you can still like, there are two and three mana cards in blue that are good, and you're happy to play, and 
you can pay five or six mana to get this guy out there, and it's worth it. Four four flying for that much mana is a good deal. Yeah, playing this on turn five or six is completely reasonable. Yeah, and the fact that you get to play two spells that turn, you're getting even more than just four four flying in terms of tempo. Right. Uh, you have to plan for that, though. You have to right. maybe save some of your cheaper cards if you know you have this illusory <laughs> angel in your deck. Right. So I think this is definitely playable. Um, not as powerful as it looks. Right. But uh, it's probably pretty close to as powerful as it looks, though. Because it, it's probably like a little worse than an air elemental. I think it's a lot worse than an air elemental. Okay. Because it does, like, it does require you to have that other cheap card and not cast it until you're ready to cast it with the angel. Like, there will be plenty of times when, like, on turn three, you want to play your, you know, that 2-3 artificer guy from at the beginning of blue. And just, like, just to get a blocker out, maybe they played a 2-2 on turn one, and maybe that's one of the few ways you have to cheat this into play. I think the the big thing to understand here is that if you are going to play the angel in your deck, you want a lot of cheap cards. Right. You kind of need to build around it to some extent. Sure. And, I mean, in... I mean, in a, in a general limited magic deck, most of your deck should be three or less mana, I would say. Or, or at least half of your deck should be three or less mana. Yeah, uh, I think maybe like like two-fifths or... Two-fifths, huh? You know, like I not think it should be half. Half? Okay. I would say half if, uh, for, a, for a solid curve. I think some decks can skew more towards the fours. Yeah, sure. If it's, if it's a control-ish format with you know, and that's where this card is not good. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yes. It's like, this card looks very powerful, but I think it requires a certain type of deck to be that powerful. And this is a really, this is a super interesting design. I like it a lot, actually. Yeah, I like it as well. Uh, next up is Into the Void. It's three and a blue for a sorcery. It says return up to two creatures to their owner's hands. Uh, yeah, I like this card. Take me to Tempo Town. Yep, really good. We've seen it before. It's awesome. Yep, and you can always, you know, save one of your own dudes from under a removal spell and bounce something of your opponents. Yep. All right, next, uh, real old reprint, Invisibility. All the way back to Alpha. Uh, blue, blue, aura, enchanted creature can't be blocked except by walls. Remember those walls. They're always getting you. There is a wall in every color. Yep. So this is actually even worse than it looks, and it already looks terrible. Yes, it does. So... No thanks. Don't take it. Remember, right. remember that common that like let you just do this to anybody that is also a creature. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was a three-two on its own. Yeah. Um, next up is our second planeswalker, the new Jace, Jace the Living Guild Pact. Uh, oh, two blue, blue. It must be just as good as Jace the Mind Sculptor, right? <laughs> Five loyalty. Oh, it must be even better. Uh, no. Let's go through the abilities one by one. This card is actually pretty underwhelming. Um, the first is plus one. Look at the top two cards of your library. Put one of them into the graveyard. Thoughts, Jeff? <laughs> Not good in limited. I yeah. mean, it's it's essentially scry one or scry two, I guess, kind of. Kind of scry one and a half. It's like, what if you want both cards? Right. What if you don't what want? If you don't want either. Either, yeah. yeah. It's more like a scry one, even. Yeah, it it's like scry half a card almost. <laughs> and like, if you have something to do with the graveyard, like if you're blue black and you can actually abuse that, maybe that goes up in value. But at the same time, like you're not going to pick this card for that reason. No. Um, second ability minus three, just like chase the mind sculptor, right? Return another target non land permanent to its owner's hand. So you pay more loyalty. You can bounce a, like any, you can bounce a creature. You can bounce an enchantment, an artifact. Yeah. I could bounce the aura on the creature. 
That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> sure, but... <laughs> I mean, minus three is a lot. Minus like three is a lot. If you play this and then just take it down immediately, you're going from five to two, which means if you want Jace to do anything the next turn, it's only going to be the plus ability. Which does nothing. <laughs> it, which does stone nothing. Or you can plus it first and then hope to line up two of these minus abilities. And at that point, you're playing the world's slowest into the void. <laughs> so, I mean, this, again, it is a planeswalker. It warps the game in a way that, like, they have to deal with this and not let you just bounce one of their cards every second or third turn. Right. But at the same time, like, this is not very powerful for the Jaces we've been used to. I haven't talked about the ultimate yet. We'll get there. Yeah. So, let's talk about the ultimate. All right. It's minus eight. Each player shuffles his or her hand and graveyard into his or her library. You draw seven cards. So your opponent discards everything they have, essentially, or shuffles it back into their deck, and you get to draw a fresh seven, which is very powerful, but it will take you at least, let's see, you start at five, turn one is six, turn two is seven, turn three is eight, turn four is ultimating it if you don't want to keep Jace around. So you're not going to want to keep this guy around. Right. <laughs> But still, like, if you cast this on turn four, that's not happening until turn eight. And at that point, it's entirely possible that they've played out their entire hand. Oh, yeah. And you get a draw seven, which is fine. But at the same time, you've spent four mana on a card that has literally done you nothing for four turns. Yes. It's like uh, a... Yeah, no, it's just bad. <laughs> it's a really it's a really nice breather from Jace Memory Adept, which was, like, one of the most stupid limited cards they've ever printed. Yeah. It's nice that this is the Jace they chose, as in... That it won't, a shitty one? That it won't... And it might see sideboard play in a blue deck. It's, like, bad. Yeah. But, I don't know. I, I mean, would you play this in most of your blue decks? Yeah, because it's a I'll play, I'll play it in most of my blue decks because, like, they're... Yeah, just because it's got the possible repeated bounce. But, boy, is that slow. Yeah. I think the way to look at this is, like... Treat it just like two blue blue bounce target non land permanent as sorcery. Bounce on that target non land permanent and prevent like two damage. Yeah. <laughs> to yourself at some point. Which is like not great, no. but a fine card. I, I shouldn't say a fine card, but a playable card. It's playable, but not by a lot. Alright. Next up, let's go to a good card with Jason the name. Jason's Ingenuity. Five mana instant draw three uncommon. I've seen it before. Still seems pretty decent. Uh, I mean, much better in, like, a set full of counters, but yeah, I'll take it anytime. Yeah, the more instants you have, the better this card gets. Uh, you lose a lot of tempo playing it, but it's still, like, a real good source of raw card advantage. Uh, next up is Jalira, Master Polymorphist. Three and a blue for a 2-2 rare human wizard. She's legendary. You can pay two and a blue and tap and tap her and sacrifice another creature... Reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a non-legendary creature card. Put that card onto the battlefield and the rest on the bottom of your library in any in a random order. So, I don't know. I think the thing I like most about this card is that it protects. It can protect your dudes from removal. But even that requires you to leave three blue up all the time, which seems a little loose. Yep. Seems pretty mediocre. Four mana two twos should do a little bit more, I think, at the rare slot. Yep. Uh, Jerubai, Merk, Luke, Lurk, Merk, Lark, Merk, Lark, Merk, Lark, Merk, Lark, Uh, it's two colors in a blue for one three. Uh, this is the blue black, 
essentially gold card because it gets plus one, plus one as long as you control swamp. So three mana for a two, four, you have a swamp. Much better there. Uh, you can pay two to give it lifelink. No, to give any creature lifelink. Oh. Okay, better than I thought. Uh, yeah. That's pretty good, actually. That's pretty good. But don't you think that blue and black are probably the colors that are least likely to take advantage of lifelink? Yes. Well, I mean, maybe red and blue, but... Yeah, but, like, black, I guess, does have a lot of things where they pay life for effects, so maybe yeah, that's they, good. Yeah, they kind of need the life gain, I think, more than most, but... But at the same time, like, most blue creatures are pretty low power. Oh, yeah. So... This I'm guy's gonna... got two. I mean, he's fine, though. He's good. Yeah, I like him. Uh, Cap Show Kite Fins is up next. Four blue blue for a 3-3 three, three flying fish. It's an uncommon... Whenever it or another creature enters the battlefield under your control, tap target creature and opponent controls. Aggro! Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's nice to see the blue enter the battlefield triggers get scaled back from, you know, bouncing things to just tapping them down. So I like that. Uh, with that said, like, this is still a good card. You know, like, tapping things down is still powerful, especially if every time you play a creature you get to clear one of, clear one of their blockers out of the way. Like, that'll end the game pretty fast if you can back this up with some more dudes. Yeah, and a pretty sweet trick with this will be uh, raise the alarm. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. Yep. Um, next, Master of Predicaments. We got three colors blue-blue for a 4-4 four, four flying. Hey, Air Elemental. But wait, there's more. Uh, whenever it deals combat damage to a player, choose a card in your hand. That player then guesses... Whether that card's converted mana cost is greater than four. If they guess wrong, go ahead and play it without paying its mana cost. It's a guessing game. Yeah, uh, this was specially designed by a different game designer, David Serlin. I don't know who you are, David, but cool card. Uh, yeah, air elementals are good. This is better than an air elemental, so it's very good. It's first pick easy. Yeah, no problem. Uh, Mercurial Pretender is up next. Four and a blue for a rare zero zero creature. Well, that's no good. Uh, you may have Mercurial Pretender enter the battlefield as a copy of any creature you control, except it gains two blue-blue, return this creature to its owner's hand. So, clones are also good. This is not nearly as good as a clone. No, you can't copy your opponent's things. And it costs one more. And yeah. those are the bad things about it. <laughs> right. I mean, being able to reset it is cute, but at the same time, you're paying essentially nine mana for that effect, like four to return it and five to recast it. Like, typically that's just not going to be worth it in a game of limited. Right, and the thing about blue is, is usually they have like one or two like really big finishers, and this requires the other really big finisher to already be in play for it to be awesome. Right, because what else are you copying? You're copying like a cap show, whatever that was called, kite fins? The, or... Yeah, that'd be nice, but like mostly you're probably copying like Frostlinks, <laughs> like Frostlinks's, or like nothing seriously, else. look at the other creatures in this in this yeah. color. They're just not that good. Yeah, you're getting another one three wall that gets a one one. Yeah, and so I mean, this is if if you're expecting this to be clone, you're doing it wrong. This is not nearly as good as clone. Yep. Uh, military intelligence, colorless and a blue. It's an enchantment. It's uncommon. Whenever you attack with two or more creatures, go ahead and draw a card. Um, not known for attacking with two or more creatures is blue. Yeah, but I think, like, the way this set has been geared towards token strategies mm -hmm. to some extent, like, makes this card actually pretty good. Yeah, this feels like a 
Because yeah. it fuels itself as well. Like, you might have to throw away, like, some cheaper creatures, but you're going to draw into more stuff. Right. Because it, it doesn't require you to hit with the creatures. As soon as you attack, you draw a card. Right. And blue is also the color of evasive dudes, which means, like, you're even more likely to be able to attack over and over again. So, I don't know. I think this card's fine. I don't know if I'd pick it highly, but if I had a deck that could use it, I would enjoy playing it. Yeah. Uh, Mind Sculpt. One and a blue sorcery, target opponent mills seven cards. No. Uh, negate. Well, this has been printed a million times. Counter target non-creature spell, pretty much sideboard only. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind starting the first copy of this card if I'm stretching for playables. Yeah. Like, I'd rather play this than a Hydro Surge. Sure. But, yeah, it's better out of the board. Uh, yep. Nimbus of the Isles is next. Five, or four and a blue, excuse me, for a common 3-3 flying elemental. This is, like, the epitome epitome of a solid card. Yeah, just like Vanilla Flyer that's big enough to matter. Yep, pretty much at all points of the game that yep. you can cast it, so. Moving on. Uh, Paragon of Gathering Mists. This is the blue... Paragon? Paragon. <laughs> we can try to call him something else. Um... His uh, ability, so he gives all his, all your guys plus one plus one. All your blue guys. His ability is another blue creature gains flying when you tap a blue and tap him. Better than the vigilant one, I believe. I don't know. Well, I guess maybe a lot of your blue cards are already flying. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. And I blue also has fewer creatures than white, so like the anthem effect is worse here. I don't. I think this is this Probably might the be weakest the, one. the weakest of all the paragons, to be honest. Fair. Yeah. Uh, Peel from Reality is next. One and a blue for an instant. Uh, return target creature you control and target creature you don't control to their owner's hands. So, I actually looked this up. The other blue cards with Enter the Battlefield effects are Coral Barrier, Frost Links, and Cap Show Kaipins. That's it. Um, that includes rares, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but that's... It's two, not two of those are common. Yep. Which is nice. And that's also not the only use of the card. To, totally. But if you can abuse those end of the battlefield triggers, that's nice. Uh, typically, what's more common is you'll try to return something that's going to die anyway and bounce one of their guys. Um, just the, the flexibility to do either of those things make this makes this card okay. But with that said, it's not an auto-include. Yeah. Or you'll try to cheat and play it when you have no creatures out and try to convince your opponent that it's legal to do so. Has that happened to you? Yes. In, in Tampa. Oh, boy. I hate that guy. <laughs> he knew how the card worked, too. He's just trying to cheat. Yeah, I hate that. Uh, anyway, uh, Polymorphous Jests. One colorless, two blue, rare instant. Until end of turn, each creature target player controls loses all abilities and becomes a blue frog with base power and toughness. 1-1. One, one. Yep. It's interesting how they've changed the wording on that to say base toughness, power yeah, toughness. That is interesting. With that said, blue apparently gets two Wrath of God effects. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean... They both work inside of combat, but still, like... This one's probably a little worse than the other, but... Uh, yeah. Still pretty damn powerful. And as long as you have some dudes in play, like, all their dudes are dying. Well, yeah, like, if you attack, and even if they make blocks to, like, not even blocks to kill your guys, but blocks to, like... You know, just bounce your creatures off of theirs. Like, block. I'm going to block this with a wall, and I'm going to block this with another wall. Like, you just eat their dudes with this card. It might be a bit of a trap, but at the same time, like, it, it is really powerful. I think I think it's good. I, I, do, it's I do, too. A high pick. Uh, I just, I, 
I'm skeptical because I really don't understand why they would print two such awesome like blue they're rares. I don't know. Rathy, <laughs> Rathy effects like Wrath of God style effects. I mean, again, it's not quite Wrath of God because you have to use combat to make those things work. But jeez, yeah. it's just it's surprising to me. Yeah. It's not like blue needed help to be good. No. Um, next up is Quickling. One in a blue for a 2-2 flash flying fairy rogue. And you might think, hey, that's a really good deal. Uh, and that's because there's a drawback. It says, when Quickling enters the battlefield, sacrifice it unless you return another creature you control to its owner's hand. So, not always a drawback. No. And uh, like we talked about with Peel from Reality. Right. With Peel, yeah, so... Save a creature, get a sweet flyer. Pretty nice. Um, yeah, I like this card a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems solid. Um, they've printed cards like this before, like uh, Silver Coat Lion, yep. or is that what That's it was called? It. Yeah, and they were very decent in Limited, and you just have to basically treat them as spells that leave a body behind. Yep. Yeah. Uh, research Assistant, colorless and blue for a 1-3 human wizard. He's common. Um, pay four to draw a card, then discard a card. That ability might sound like, wow, I'm paying that much for my friggin' looter to do that. But this looter's a 1-3. So, uh, playable, but not good. Yeah, at least he can potentially block and still live to loot, but I do think this card is a trap for people who tend to like looters. Yes. Well, it's it's not even close to a looter. No, it's like, looter is generally the best... Blue common, this is at the bottom of the blue commons. Yeah, sure. you do not want to spend your entire turn just to loot. That is typically not worth it. Uh, Soul of Ravnica is next. It's the 6-6 six, six for 6. This one has flying, so you're already in. Uh, and for 7 mana, 5 and 2 blue, you can draw a card for each color among permanents you control. Weird. That will typically be 2 cards. Yeah. Uh, and he can exile himself from the graveyard to do that same effect for the same mana cost. So... The reason you play this is because it's 6-6 six, six flying for 6. That's just insanity right there in Limited. Yep. Um, Better than a dragon. Right. If you draw two cards off of this once, you're doing real good. And if you do it another time... like I mean, you take up your whole turn to draw those cards, so it's not actually that awesome. What's awesome about this card is just the body. It, the hit is 6-6 six, six flying. Yeah. For 6. Wow. Uh, Statute of Denial. 4 mana for an instant common. Counter-target spell... If you control a blue creature, draw a card. Then discard a card. <laughs> Light years worse than dismiss. <laughs> so much worse. Yeah, it's like, oh, they reprinted dismissal almost. Nope. <laughs> nope. This is a bad counterspell. Yeah. That said, there'll probably still be like some slow, dirtily decks and sealed pools where I'll think about playing this. Yeah. Stormtide Leviathan is next. This is a reprint. Uh, five and triple blue for an 8-8 eight, eight Island Walk. All lands are islands in addition to their other types. Creatures without flying or Island Walk can't attack, so it's an 8-mana spell that wins the game. Hit the snooze button and wake me up tomorrow. Turn to Frog. Colorless and blue. Instant. Uncommon. Until end of turn, target creature loses all abilities, becomes a blue frog. Base power on top is 1-1. One, one. It's a little... Version of the one that costs three mana. Polymorphist's Jest. Yeah, much worse than that. Yeah, but uh, still a good little trick for a blue deck. Yeah, fine trick. Um, not a high pick, but uh, it's playable. Like if you're if you're in a blue green deck, this is your removal spell for sure. Yeah. Uh, next up is Void Snare. This is an unsummon at sorcery speed that can return any non-land permanent. This is a pretty good tempo play. Yeah. Um, I still like unsummon more. But... Oh yeah. 
uh, it's fine. Yeah, sorcery speed makes this a big downgrade on, on summon because you can't save your guys from removal or any of that stuff. Uh, but with that said, it's still cheap enough to be effective. I think you'll play at least the first copy of this in most of your blue decks. Yeah. Uh, Wall of Frost. Uh, colorless 2 blue, 07 defender. Whenever Wall of Frost blocks creature, the creature doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step. Similar to the uh, white wall in that it kind of deals with two creatures. It's just a little bit slower. It's exactly what I wrote in my notes. It's yeah. a lot like the white wall. Um, Welkin turn is up next. Uh, if you've ever gotten turned up before, this is the card for you. 2-1 flying for two. Can only block creatures with flying. A fine aggressive dude in a color that doesn't really do aggro all that much. <laughs> right. With but... that said, it's it's fine. It's just like an early drop to like start chipping away at the life total. Yeah, and there are a few cards in here in in the color, like Void Snare for one, that that uh, make it seem like an aggressive blue something deck could be doable. Yep. Next, we're into black. Accursed Spirit. We got three colors and a black for a three, two, Intimidate. This is a common. Um, There's a small artifact sub-theme. Yeah. So this card gets slightly worse because of that. A little bit worse. But again, we talked about how those artifact creatures aren't actually Not very that good. good. Yeah. But people will still play them because they are a trap. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think this is maybe uh, playable, but you don't want a second copy pretty much ever. Yeah. I actually think it's... The, the one thing that makes me like it more is... I've looked through the spoiler. I don't think black is as good of a color in this set as some of the other colors. So it might be a little underdrafted, meaning that the Intimidate is going to be more relevant against, you know, the people not playing black. Sure. Uh, black Cat is next. One and a black for a 1-1 one, one Zombie Cat. When it dies, target opponent discards a card at random. So are we supposed to use this with Sack Outlets, or what? Probably. Okay. Next uh, card. Sack Outlet. Yay! <laughs> Blood Host. Three colors and two black. Three, three, Vampire. You can pay two, sack another creature, put a plus one, plus one counter on Blood Host and gain two life. Works well with Black Cat. <laughs> Do you really want to sacrifice creatures just to grow this guy incrementally in game life? Rarely. Yeah. Uh, if they're going to die anyway. Yep. But if it's that or they were going to die, they were probably better than Blood Host, so you're kind of bummed. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Uh, Carrion Crow is up next. Two and a black for a 2-2 two -two flying zombie bird. Uh, it enters the battlefield tapped. So, I mean... Pretty good. Yeah, this type of creature rarely blocks anyway, so that's not really a drawback in my mind. No, uh, not really at all. Usually the this version of this card is a 2-1 in black. Um, yeah. So it's nice to get the little the little toughness boost, boost. I like it. Yeah, I like this card too. Uh, Caustic Tar, we got four colors and two black for an aura. That's uncommon. And Chance Lands. And the Enchanted Land has tap it. Target player loses three life. It's a big chunk of life. Yeah, it's a clock for sure. Uh, this feels pretty awesome as a finisher in um, a control deck. I don't know. I mean, you'll never probably want a second copy. Nope. And I mean, it's it, an uncommon, so you don't yeah, have to worry it, about that. It requires a very specific deck to work, though. Yeah, it doesn't affect the board at all when you play it, and... So, I mean, it kind of just means you need to have the game kind of in hand already by the time you play this. Right. Just a good way to close it out pretty fast. So, I'm thinking, like, at that point, like, most six drops might do that anyway. Right. Um, 
the advantage of this card is that it's a lot harder to deal with from your opponent. They either have to have enchantment removal or land removal to take away that clock. Yeah, which is pretty rare. Yeah, which is not going to happen that often. So if your deck is that controlling, this card can be a good finisher. With that said, like most decks are not necessarily going to have that every game. Yeah. I mean, the nice thing is is that you should be able to pick this up on the wheel yeah. as a finisher. It's a super interesting card in that regard. Where like In some cases, it's going to be the best card you could possibly draw. And in other cases, it's going to just do absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um, Child of Night is up next. This is a core set staple. Two mana for a 2-1 lifelink. Uh, this is a great little Goblin Piker, Grizzly Bear type card. Yeah. He's always good. Uh, Covenant of Blood. Seven mana, six colorless and black. Convoke, that's better. Covenant of Blood deals four damage to target creature or player, and you gain four life. I like this card. Yeah, it's a decent enough removal spell. Um, it's nice that it can go to the dome. Yeah, that's the big thing that I really like about it. You're not going to reliably cast this without convoking it, though, so it doesn't really fit into aggressive decks. No. Like, you kind of have to leave cards back, like creatures to cast this. It is sorcery speed, which is pretty awkward in that, like, you have to tap the creatures on your turn and pay mana for this. Um, but with that said, like, it's, like, it gets you some of that tempo back by gaining you four life. It can kill a dude. Um, yeah, for controlling decks, this card seems fine. Sweet. Uh, Crippling Blight is up next. It's an aura for a single black. Enchanted creature gets minus one, minus one, and can't block. This is, like, one of my favorite kind of picks like late late available picks for uh limited like they always go late and it seems like in this set there are plenty of targets for the minus one minus one i i like this card yeah it's quite good um it's half a path pacifism right half a path half a path we're professionals half a pacifism um but the the thing is, is you gotta be building some kind of aggressive strategy for this to be great, um, which is probably doable in black. But or you just bring it out of the board against an aggressive deck with a lot of X ones. Sure. So it's it's got a home in in multiple places, and that's kind of why I like it. Yeah. Uh, next up, Cruel Sadist. Uh, this is one black. It's a rare human assassin. One one. Pay a black and tap it. Pay a life. Put a plus one plus one counter on it. All right. Grow it. That's nice. Pay two black and a black, two colorless and a black tap it. Remove X plus one plus one counters from it, and it deals X damage target creature. Uh, this, as far as I know, is the very first magic card ever designed by a Santa Cruz native. Uh, Edmund McMillan is the person who designed this card. He's the super meat boy guy. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It is cool. Uh, and it's a cool card. I mean, I think it's quite good. Um, just growing it. I mean, without the second ability, it's just... Yeah. It gets big fast. If so. it's not good, it's at least decent. <laughs> yep. You know, just uh, kind of... What's that? Steel Observer? Steel... Overseer. Overseer. Yeah. Like, you pay life and mana to do it, but, like, to slowly grow something up and then threaten that, you know, burn spell to a creature seems pretty sweet. Yep. Uh, next up, Endless Obedience. Four black-black for an uncommon sorcery. It has Convoke. It says, put target creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. So it's nice that you can target your opponent's graveyard in addition to your own, but if you're tapping some number of creatures to convoke this, you're probably on a pretty stabilized board. Um, I mean, at that point, again, it runs into that question of would another 6-drop or even like a 5-drop creature be better than this? I think in a lot of cases probably, it would be. Yeah. It would be. So, I don't know. 
I think it, yeah, I think it's, uh, I mean, I think all of these in limited, these, like, reanimated, reanimation cards, I mean, besides Q, obviously, are always, like, way worse than they actually look, because you're like, oh, I get to cheat the mana cost on this card, it's like, but your deck isn't built to do that, so really, you're not cheating any mana cost, you're just paying. Giving up tempo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, next card, Eternal Thirst, colorless and a black, uh, common aura. Enchanted Creature. Enchanted Creature has lifelink. And whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, put a plus one, plus one counter on this creature. Hey, they fixed Singer Vampire's ability! I, I feel like if this card was good, though, it would not be a common that costs two mana. Yeah, I don't think it's good. Because, like, I mean, it does the thing where it doesn't actually grow the creature when you, like, when you put it on there. It, right. It just, it opens it up for a two-for-one way too easily. Yeah. I mean, the lifelink is nice, and the fact that it is cheap is okay, but I mean, these cards are just not good. They print something like this in every, not every set, but in most sets. Like, well, there was one that was like Necromantic Thirst was kind of like this, yeah, and like yeah. that one cost four, uh, which is part of why it was bad, but, and this one's cheaper, but I don't know, I just it's don't Just giving something it. lifelink is not good enough. Yeah. <laughs> Hey everyone, Greg here. We're going to kick this thing to a part two, so make sure you download that one to catch the rest of the M15 set review. Talk to you soon.